What's up? This is Iggy Igloo. You're listening to What's Up with Iggy Igloo. Hope you are doing all right this week. Thanks for listening to the show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Click the RSS link button, the link feed button there by the podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. I got it on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Amazon. Podbean is the service I host it on. So check those guys out. You can also find it at IggyIgloo.com there. And at the bottom of every page, there is a virtual tip jar. Drop a couple bucks in it if you like what I do. Seem to have lost my voice this week somewhere on Nevada Avenue marching with the people calling for justice for George Floyd and numerous, numerous other black and Native American mentally ill people at the hands of the police. A striking lack of accountability in our police forces here. So I walked with the people. It was it's been a good time. Pretty pretty heavy. I will talk about that later on in the show. My experience here in Colorado Springs so far. A little bit. First I wanna talk about something that's really important. This week was a somewhat of a milestone in my life as it happens. Um, 11 years ago, on June 3rd, I quit drinking. I gave up alcohol for good. It was pretty good that I did it. And it's been a long 11 years. And it was a It's pretty exciting, and I want to talk about that a little bit, what led me to that decision and such. I won't be having a song or any Describing Memes segment this week. I will explain on that a little Later, a little later, I'll let you know why that is. want to talk about my sobriety, though. I, When I was a young man, I had some trouble in school, you know, as, as a lot of kids growing up do. And made some weird choices, I suppose, that got me put on a lot of prescription medications and into a lot of therapy programs that I feel may have disrupted my physiology. I was looking today at a hospital. I was an inpatient in when I was 13 years old and 
there is a class action lawsuit against it, or there was in the year 2000, for the way they treated the kids there. Now, that was a difficult thing to come out of, uh, almost a year in a mental hospital for kids. I was 13 at the time then, and it was a really insane time. I won't lie, it was a, it was a rough time for me and my family there. And so after that, we moved to a new neighborhood up on the north side of town and tried to make a, make a new start of it, so to speak. And that led to a my high school years. They were a little rough. It was around the Columbine era leading up to that. After Columbine happened, I lasted maybe two weeks in school before I had to drop out and get my GED. After I went to, after I dropped out of high school at Doherty, I found out about the Job Corps program. It's where they send kids to, um, centers, facilities in the woods in different parts of the country to teach them a trade skill. It was set up by the Civilian Conservation Corps back when they uh, had the New Deal, I think is when they started those. It was a good time. I learned how to cook there. It was. I had a lot of fun made some great friends. There was a lot of natives from the Dakotas there as the job court I went to was in South Dakota. So I got got in with the Lakotas from from um the different reservations in the Dakotas. Made particular good friends with a, a young man from Cheyenne River and after I got out of Job Corps, I was figuring what I was going to do with my life and ended up moving to the reservation. I called my homie and he said, why don't you come live with us? And so I went and Moved to Eagle Butte, South Dakota as a young 18-year-old. And that was a truly traumatically eye-opening experience for a young 18-year-old. There I was a prospect for the gang out there and the ended up doing 30 days in Dewey County Jail there, um, which is what the visit to the Reds culminated in 30 days in county jail there. I got out of jail 
That's where I started drinking was on the reservation. When I started drinking very heavily to um, process through the things that I had seen there, you know, the family that I lived was living with. There was five boys and the mom and dad and the family hadn't had running water for two years. The The shower in the bathroom that I used next to the room I stayed in was completely full of refuse from the toilet that they siphoned from the toilet into a bucket and threw into the shower there. Just completely full all the way to the top, um, just about of the shower, completely full of toilet refuse. You know what that is. It's seared into my mind, always has been. I didn't know that it was like that for people at the time. For, you know, the first caretakers of this country is one way to put it the indigenous people of this land that it was a it was a lot to it was a lot to face it was as a young person and i didn't necessarily have the tools to help me process what i had witnessed and experienced there so when I got back to Colorado Springs, I started looking into punk rock. I heard about that in jail on the res and started looking into it and found myself in Acacia Park and in that little counterculture community there, I was given the space to express myself the enormous amount of anger that I was experiencing at the injustices that I had just lived through. It helped, I thought it helped, to drink two gallons of whiskey a day. I thought that helped. Well, I didn't really give a, give a hoot about a single thing. At the time, at the time I didn't, you know, there's, after experiencing that and learning of my own family's colonialization from the imperial American um, society, I didn't know how to process through that. And so I drank and drank and drank and drank more than anybody ever did. Well, probably not more than anybody ever did. I say that I um say that to give a sense of the scope of the alcoholism I was facing. I have I had multiple friends that told me directly that they were trying to keep up and died of cirrhosis in their 20s. You know, and, and that really, 
I just count myself blessed every day of my life that I survived through the my 20s. I count myself just immensely blessed that I survived through that. And it is because of the community that I have built around myself, my, my beautiful friends, you, that are listening. Because I know that it's usually my very good friends that are listening. And if you're listening to this with my voice so hoarse, I know that you are near and dear to my heart. I really appreciate that. Years later, I quit drinking. It was in 2009 that I quit drinking. I did 45 days of rehab in Comcore. It was a hoot. While I was there, I wrote a book of haiku. I will read a couple of them for you. And then in lieu of a song of the week and describing memes from Facebook segment this week, I am going to take a pause. I believe that was the hashtag. I'm going to take a pause I'm going to take nine, eight minutes and 45 seconds of silence. I want to, I want to hold that space there in my show to remember those victims of police brutality, especially George Floyd, especially Chad Burnett, who was taken in Colorado Springs just last week. His neighbors asked me to write a face a post for for him so that he could have his side of the story out in the world besides what the what the Gazette wrote about him. I will do that after I read a few poems and then I'll share a little bit of how what I have experienced at the protests this week. From the fish swims upstream. From June 24th, 2009. When the sun rises and I wake from my slumber, each day is a change. Patience drives me on. These summer months drag by being without you. When you sit with me and listen to all my songs, I'm sent to heaven. Here's one from the 24th as well. This life I live I feel I never have loved as much before. Yet, how do I know that I haven't loved like this always? Here's from July 1st. 
the incline doesn't seem so steep from over here. It's still a doozy. Take a bite from me. I am juicy and tasty. Temptation from me. When I gaze into thunderclouds over mountains, beauty becomes real. Here's from July 3rd. I travel within my own mind and take stock in the thoughts within me. Rainbows shine through me. I bring sunshine in the rain. I'm your beloved. It's from July 5th, 2009. I dreamt I could fly weightless above the houses. Then I taught you how. So I want to take a moment of silence to remember George Floyd and to remember Chad Burnett. He was a mentally ill man who lived in a gated community near the Broadmoor. His parents passed away a couple of years ago and it sent him in a downward spiral that led to drug addiction and he was unstable mentally. All he had in his, he was living in his childhood home without his parents there, being an orphan in his childhood home with his dog as his only friend. His dog got out and one of the neighbors found it. They tried to call him on the telephone. Chad Burnett, they tried to call him his neighbors, and he didn't see the the phone. It, he didn't see it, hear it ring, or see that anybody had called, and he was really uh, upset, not knowing where his dog was, you know, and and he was was paranoid, thinking that it was his neighbors, you know, that maybe took took his dog, you know, because he just was looking for. Missing his friend. He went outside. Just upset with the knife. Demanding to know where his dog was. His neighbors got scared. So they called the police. Because they didn't want. Anybody to get hurt. Especially Chad. And when the police showed up. They immediately tased him. And when that didn't put him down. They tased him again. Which which ended his his life. That's what his neighbors have told me, how it went, and they asked me to share that with you, that they are distraught over what happened because they only wanted for him to get, to get help and to let him know that they had his dog. So I'm going to take 8 minutes and 46 seconds of my show for... All of these young lives cut short. So if you would please join me, I really appreciate it. We're going to start and... Thank you. Thank you very much.
8 minutes and 46 seconds. That's how long the police officer had his knee on the throat of George Floyd while live on Facebook. And paramedics begged the officer to let them help. It's an all-too-common occurrence and a sad reality most many minorities face in this country. And so a massive amount of people are calling for criminal justice reform is a good way to put it. I like to say demilitarize the police. Nobody should be making money off of our mistakes in life. You know, anger is a healthy emotion. If you face it right, if you face it well, you know, it is there to show us that something is wrong. It comes... Anger comes to us when there is something wrong in our life that needs to change. It says, change this. You know, what is this that is going on? You know, why is this happening? And the people are angry, are angry across the country, around the world. The Ayatollah of Iran decried the United States for human rights violations. I love my community and this beautiful world that I live on. I love my family. I want to... I want to see progress in my lifetime and healing for the people. The people need to heal that have been oppressed for generations. They need to heal so that we can all heal. I know that it's a very long road with little baby steps, you know, but I am here with you. I am here I spent three days at the protest. I did two on, one off, one on, and then two off. I really, um, I don't want to hurt my voice too bad. I don't want to, I don't want to permanently damage my voice raising it for the people. And I've been emotionally exhausted the last two days. And so I have been... Focusing on my perspective on things, of visiting some trusted friends, looking across the table at them, that we're all having a hard time, you know, and so you got to sit with your friends, sit across the table, look at them eye to eye across, not down your nose, not up at them, you know, sit and on equal footing with your friends and ask them how they're doing and listen you know and it's that mutual exchange of 
of energy that strengthens our friendships and that helps us do better through these times. The three days I was at the protest, it's been very, very beautiful. A lot of walking. The people are angry. That is undoubted. The people are angry. I have not seen any violence as as you would put it. There's been no looting in Colorado Springs. There's been some spray painting. There's been some firecrackers. There's but overall it's been been very peaceful and very beautiful. Lots of great expressions from people in the park and at City Hall sharing their own experiences. I went up and 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 used and shared my voice with the people as well a couple of times. One day I brought a a speaker and a microphone, an amplifier and microphone to help amplify the voice of the people. Spent one day just handing waters out to people going around making sure that folks are okay. You know, it's what it's what I do. What I like to do. I saw a video just a little bit before I started this of something that happened yesterday, which would be Wednesday, June 3rd, during the protest. They took a moment of silence, just as we did on this show, 8 minutes and 46 seconds, to symbolize those minutes that George Floyd was on the ground with the officer's neck on his shoulder. As he was complying, a man drove his Jeep through the crowd, tried to jump onto a sidewalk to, uh, to get through the whole thing and ran a lady over here in Colorado Springs. I believe she will be okay. They took her to the hospital. CSPD put out a tweet saying one thing. I watched the video where you can see plainly that they are at his Jeep standing there. It looks like they are Board, as medics are desperately seeing to the injured woman on the ground. People are asking the cops to arrest the man that drove onto the sidewalk and ran this woman over. And they do not. And do not. And finally, they tear gas the medics that are working on helping the woman that was injured on the ground. And after they clear the area, they peacefully take the man from the Jeep and bring him to a cruiser with his dog out of handcuffs. This is here in Colorado Springs. Just later on, that evening, the mayor was praising the protesters for 
their peacefulness and dispersing peacefully. And just it's time for it's time for a change in how we police ourselves as human beings. We have communities, you know, we have families. It shouldn't be an It shouldn't be an immense operation where people are making billions of dollars off of common mistakes that every human makes. It should be focused on restorative justice and conflict resolution. You know, we should require that police officers have degrees in psychology so that they know how to better face these situations that they that they go into this job knowing that they will face so they don't face them with brutality talk to your congressman about it colorado is drafting just drafted some wide widespread police accountability legislation. So talk to your congressman, write them and and say, talk to your senator or congressman, write them, ask them what they're doing to help to hold police accountable for their actions. That's, That's all I'm asking. I like feeling safe, especially from the police. And I thank you for listening to this show this week it means a lot to me things are a bit tumultuous these days but my heart is with you and I am going to bid you a farewell until next time I will see you on the streets remember love your life love your music love your family Take it easy, everybody. What's up?